podcast fans. Aaron here on the solo tip today. It is Thursday, June 11th. I am having my espresso coffee right now. Listen, you can hear it. <sighs> yeah, you gotta like that. I meant to record this last night. I was gonna break down a lot of the midweek wrestling that we had um, outside of Lucha Underground. I'll talk more about that in a second. Um, didn't feel very compelled to record last night. Wasn't super high on everything we got from Ring of Honor, NXT, and TNA Impact Wrestling. There were some things that I did like, though, and that'll come across in the new format. Um, I'm going to try out some segments today. We're still a newer podcast. Um, As you all know, we haven't had many segments yet, if you've been listening so far. So what I'm going to do today is hit you with positives, negatives, and then I'm going to turn heel at the end for a little bit for a third and final segment. And uh, my co-hosts haven't been uh, brought up to speed on these segments, so I'm going to try them out on the air, because that's the best place to try things out sometimes. And if you guys like them, let us know. If you think that it stinks, let us know. Either way, not uh, going to get my feelings hurt about it either way, but I'm going to show my co-hosts what I came up with, and we're going to probably spawn some other segments on our weekly programming from there. So why don't we go ahead and start out with what I liked about wrestling Midweek. I am perfection. Perfection. I am perfection. So take your best shot, give it all you got, try it on. Some things are exactly what they seem. So the positives this week, like I said, let's go ahead and get right into Lucha Underground. Um I, as I've said on past episodes, I do not get the El Rey Network. I've been catching up on the first season of Lucha Underground Online where it's available. I'm around episode 7, 8, somewhere around there. I'm hoping to catch up because what they're going to have next week is their season 1 finale. And they're titling it, it's kind of like a pay-per-view of sorts uh, on cable, Ultima Lucha. And I've heard talk of an Iron Man match. I try not to spoil too much because, as I said, I'm still trying to catch up and I want to enjoy the show. Really enjoy the Lucha Underground product. I think they have some of the best backstage segments in wrestling right now. I really enjoy a lot of the talent, um, some more so than others. I'm a big Johnny Mundo fan, Prince Puma, um, Mil Muertes, I like him, you know. It's a cool product. I'm still getting into it. Can't really speak too intelligently about it yet. But um, Ultima Lucha is going to be live on the El Rey Network next week on Wednesday. So do check that out if you have been following the product a little more closely than I have up to this point. Last night we saw on the latest episode of uh, NXT on the WWE Network that Samoa Joe made his in-ring debut with NXT and WWE. I thought it was a good match. Um, Joe definitely looked strong while not completely burying the guy he wrestled. I honestly can't remember the name of the guy. It was kind of a newer guy, jobber of sorts. I know I've seen him on there before. Someone can correct me, I'm sure. Uh, We saw the Muscle Buster, which was good. They're still calling it the Muscle Buster, even in WWE, and he still retained the Samoa Joe name up to this point. Um, It would be weird at this point to change it. between now and the main roster since that line started to get blurred anyways with what Kevin Owens has been doing lately and what Sami Zayn did on Raw uh, several weeks ago in Montreal. I will talk more about Samoa Joe's debut a little bit later in the podcast. Um, There's things that I dislike about what they're doing with him, but it was really cool. 
to finally see Samoa Joe in a ring under the WWE banner. Um, last night on TNA Impact Wrestling, I also liked um, both of the short but well-worked matches that Kurt Angle wrestled in. He had to defend his TNA World Heavyweight Championship twice, first in a match with Rockstar Spud, who had cashed in option C for the Destination X Part 1 episode of TNA Impact Wrestling. Um, valiant effort. It was um, a little unbelievable at certain spots, the amount of offense that Spud was getting in, considering the guy weighs less than I do. Uh, my wife commented on as much when we had it on the DVR last night after the Blackhawks victory. But it was a good little match. I, I enjoy Rockstar Spud. I also enjoyed the match that Angle had in the main event with Austin Aries. I thought it was a well-worked match. It's just... Yeah, this is supposed to be the positive segment. I will get more into my problems with that in the pessimism side of things here in a little bit. Um, if you watched ROH... It was kind of a spotty episode, but one part that really made me stand up a little bit was the match between Brutal Bob Evans and Cheeseburger. And he, uh, Evan, uh, Brutal Bob, excuse me, he sidewalk slammed Cheeseburger through one of the ringside tables, um, seemingly out of nowhere after the match had kind of fallen apart. And it was just a brutal spot. I know it's kind of a lower card feud. They probably should be spending more time developing their main card. Again, I'll talk about more of that in the next segment. But it was a cool spot. I like Cheeseburger. They really built up that uh, that feud a little bit on some of the stuff I've been watching that they did with New Japan on their shows in Philly and Toronto. I've been catching up on those online. I've really enjoyed the product. Um, more so what they've presented in the shows that are kind of specials online that they worked in May with New Japan compared to what I'm seeing on TV right now, but it's still, you know, kind of early in the summer. There's a lot of time to build. We have the Best in the World pay-per-view coming up. I will hopefully be able to watch that live. Uh, that would be next Friday, June 19th. Sometimes it's tough to get away on a Friday night to watch wrestling. We'll see what we can do, but I do intend on reviewing that for you guys, well, along with any of my other co-hosts who happen to watch it. So besides that, I really enjoyed some of the announcements we got from New Japan Pro Wrestling this week. They announced the participants in the um, the G1 Climax 25 tournament, which is going to start, I believe, in August. I definitely won't be watching every single night of that tournament. It's difficult to follow a tournament that's like over 10 days long. you got to pick and choose your content sometimes, but you know I'll probably try and catch the finals and the semis if I can. What they're going to do, though, on Axis TV, as I said in the past, it's difficult for me to watch New Japan on Axis TV, not because I don't get the channel. I do. It's on my DirecTV package. But it's difficult sometimes when it's hard to follow the storylines, when they're just kind of best of matches. But what they're going to be running in succession starting later this month, uh, matches from the G1 Climax 24 tournament from last year, and they're going to cap it off with the finals uh, presented in its entirety. I have no idea what the results of last year's G1 Climax Tournament was. I'm excited to watch it. It can kind of give me some background on New Japan storylines from last year that I wasn't able to follow in advance of watching Wrestle Kingdom 9 live on pay-per-view. But I think it's going to be really cool to see kind of a whole tournament play out on TV. They're going to show one full match each broadcast and then highlights from the other matches from that day of the tournament. So if you have Access TV uh, that starts later this month in June, um, highly recommend checking that out. 
I think it's going to be really cool. Uh, they also announced, New Japan did, the card for their Dominion um, pay-per-view. I'm going to pull that up on the computer here. There were several matches on it that I'm really excited about. It's going to be happening on July 5th out of Osaka. And uh, as you know, that's the day after the July 4th special that WWE is running from Tokyo. Uh, it's going to be 5.30 uh, Central Time, 6.30 for all you fans out on the East Coast. And you can do the math for the other time zones. Uh, that WWE Network special on the 4th from Japan is going to be, I believe, headlined by the NXT Championship match between Kevin Owens and Finn Balor. But I really dig what they have going on here on the Dominion uh, New Japan card from July 5th that they're going to have. Uh, we have the IWGP World Heavyweight title, AJ Styles defending against the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. I really like both of those wrestlers. I think they're going to have a great match. Nakamura gets uh, a rematch to try and recapture his Intercontinental title against Goto. I'm also digging, um, we got a preview of it last night on ROH. The Kingdom's going to be defending the IWGP World Tag Straps against the Bullet Club's Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows. Got to hope that the Bullet Club gets those titles back. I think that would be a better situation long term. We shall see. Also looking forward to seeing the best of the Super Juniors uh, tournament winner Kushida get a shot at the Junior IWGP heavyweight title against the Bullet Club's Kenny Omega. I think that will be a good match. And you also have the Young Bucks defending their junior heavyweight tag titles against Rapongi Vice and Red Dragon. A lot of good workers in that match. you got to figure that's going to be a fun spot fest of sorts. you got Liger on the pre-show and a 10-man tag. I think it's going to be a great show. I have my gripes with New Japan about not having more English language broadcasts, so I'm able to follow along better. It's, it shouldn't be that much hard work to enjoy the product if you're going to try and cross it over into America, but I can kind of let that go because there's going to be a lot of great action on that show. Um, so I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, finally, on the positive tip, I really enjoyed, and I'll talk about the negatives of this in a little bit too, but the Bull Dempsey being out of shape gimmick they started running last night on NXT. For those of you that missed it, he worked a match in the middle of the show against uh, Tyler Breeze. And they had a good little match going on. And then uh, Tyler Breeze gets out of the ring and Bull Dempsey starts chasing him. They do a several laps around the ring. Bull Dempsey starts to get tired and winded. And I think the crowd started chanting like, you're out of shape. Or they started, I know they had a cardio chant, which was hilarious. They had a really good crowd at those tapings. And the match's conclusion was uh, Bull Dempsey getting back in the ring and eating a beauty shot for the one, two, three, because he couldn't catch his breath. I thought that was great. Then they continued it backstage. William Regal was uh, doing an announcement segment, and Bull Dempsey comes in eating a bag of Doritos. Uh, William Regal takes the bag of chips away from him and tells him to get it together. And uh, Bull Dempsey's making excuses. Then when Regal walks away, he pulls out a Hershey bar out of his tights and starts eating that. I'm interested to see where that's going because I already care a lot more about the Bull Dempsey character and storyline way more than I did before, either when they were trying to have him look dominant when it wasn't really working very well, and then when they kind of turned him into a jobber. Uh, I think he ate several losses to Baron Corbin after they developed a nice little feud there. Didn't really amount to much. But uh, I'm interested to see where they go with Bull Dempsey. Um, a lot of fun things. From wrestling last night as well as in the wrestling news uh, headlines from Lucha Underground and from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now that we've gotten the good news in, 
Let's switch to the other side. Here are the negatives of the week. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for a change. Gotta love old school Owen Hart theme music, right guys? Yes, that's right. So I have my gripes with the week in wrestling. I'm going to try and stick to everything outside of WWE's main roster here, but we'll probably touch a little bit on WWE. But I want to start with Baron Corbin. He had uh, yet another squash match on NXT last night. It's been several months of the same. He had his little mini feud with Rhino. Rhino says he wants another shot. Now, I'll get more into Rhino in a second. But it seems like they're kind of turning Baron Corbin heel a little bit. He's definitely acting more cocky in the ring. He's acting more tough. He's talking at the crowd, barking a little bit at the crowd. I just It doesn't really do anything for me either way until you put him in there with a worthy po- opponent and develop some personal issues that I can invest in. Either way, whether I'm supposed to like or dislike the guy... Uh, I definitely think he still needs a lot of work in the ring to develop a better moveset. Definitely nowhere ready to sniff the main roster or even the main event scene, though. Would you really believe Baron Corbin taking on Samoa Joe or Kevin Owens or Finn Balor? You know, like, it could work, but I feel like those guys just have much more credibility, uh, and credibility is something that Baron Corbin needs to earn with me I don't think they're really getting anywhere substantial with him. So I hope to see kind of where they're going with him and if they're going to develop any meaningful personal feuds. Um, Another guy I'm not too sure what they're doing with here is Mojo Rawley, who made his return from um, injury, which I believe he sustained um, in the mid to late fall. We haven't seen him in the ring for a while. He tagged with Zack Ryder. It's a cool tag team. I get it. High energy guys. Um, Kind of fits in with Zack Ryder's, you know, party New York style gimmick. And I get it, but Mojo Raleigh was storyline written out because he was taken out by Bull Dempsey in the injury angle that they ran several months back. And I'm just wondering why his first act upon return isn't to go after Bull Dempsey. The reason they probably didn't do it is because what purpose does it mean now? Like, if he goes after Bull Dempsey and, and wins over him, you know, Bull Dempsey doesn't mean anything right now because he's losing all the time. And you want to make Mojo Raleigh have a strong comeback when he returns from his injury. So I get it. I think it's a really interesting use of Zack Ryder. It'd be interesting to see where they go in the tag division in NXT if they stick with it for a long term. It's better than whatever they've been doing with Zack Ryder on the main roster. So I guess I'm all for it, but... Storyline-wise, I'm kind of wondering why he's not seeking revenge against Bull Dempsey for the injury angle. The overbooking on TNA Impact Wrestling, I touched on it a little bit last week. I'd like to expound on it more this week. So last week on the May, May or two weeks ago maybe it was, on the May Mayhem episode of TNA Impact, you had a Six Sides of Steel cage match with the knockouts, and you had an I Quit match. This week we have two world title matches. I'm just not sure what I'm supposed to be investing in for the upcoming Slammiversary pay-per-view at the end of June. 
They're throwing the kitchen sink at us. We're getting gimmick matches. We're getting championship matches. It seems like they're throwing so much at the wall to see what sticks, but like you're giving away everything for free on TV. Why would I? The only reason I have to watch the pay per view at this point is to see Ethan Carter hopefully win the title from Kurt Angle. And I think they did a nice job of building up that feud a little bit more last night. I also am interested to see what I'm assuming will be the fifth and final match in the um, the best of five series between the Wolves and the Dirty Heels. you got to think that's going to a fifth match. I think I may have read spoilers to that effect, but come on, we all knew that's where it was going. But there again, like you didn't have... Another match in that series, I assume it happens next week on Impact or the week after. But you have Austin Aries doing this little one-off thing where he's cashing in his Feaster Fired briefcase on Kurt Angle. It's like, where's the focus at? It almost makes it look like he cares less about the tag title um, situation with the Wolves. He's going after the world title. It just kind of convolutes everything, which is part of why I tuned out of TNA for so long in the first place. I've just started root watching the project again recently just to kind of see the situation on the network and with ROH, but I don't know. They're going to have to do a good job of selling me on that pay-per-view because right now they're giving everything away. It's like, why would I pay my money when this is what I get? And what they, you know, that's the other thing is you have two world title matches. You could have built the thing with Rockstar Spud and Kurt Angle, and you could really almost to an effect have Ethan Carter try to help him on the sly effect there because you got to think the assumption is that Rockstar Spud would be an easier uh, person to beat for the title than Kurt Angle if you're Ethan Carter. You could have really stretched that out, and then you could have stretched out a feud with Austin Aries and maybe a heavyweight champion Ethan Carter down the line. You know, that could have been something I would have been interested in, but they just kind of shot their wad last night on so many things that they had built to. What I assume their thoughts are, they're trying to get all these other storyline mechanisms out of the way so that Ethan Carter can have a lengthy title reign and not lose until whenever such time they want him to lose. Just not feeling it though. It was a rough episode of Impact outside of, you know, I enjoyed some of the match quality. I thought all those, um, you know, the X Division title contender uh, or qualification matches were kind of spotty, a little rushed. Um, Grado was kind of fun, kind of gross, but kind of fun. But yeah, just overbooking on TNA. And then you go to ROH, and I feel that they kind of underbooked the show a little bit. You had this segment with Cheeseburger. I liked the ending spot. You had um, two other matches then in a schmoz. I just... You should be selling me on the main points of your upcoming Best in the World pay-per-view. And the selling points for me are Jay Lethal going after that world title. He wasn't even on the episode last night. He may have had a pre-recorded promo segment. I just, I wanted to see more Jay Lethal building to that world title match. I want to see none of the people in the triple threat for the um, number one contender spot were even on the show last night. Um, I would like to see Moose every week. He's my favorite wrestler in Ring of Honor right now. We didn't see Michael Elgin. Um, We didn't see, oh gosh, who's the other person in that match? Roderick Strong, didn't see him either on the show. It's just kind of like, you know, build up your pay-per-view. You're getting a national audience here with these last couple Ring of Honor TV tapings. Build it up a little bit more. And, you know, the backstage segments where they were hyping the contract signing, 
with Jay Briscoe and Jay Lethal next week. You know, it's cool. I get it, but I don't know, man. Build up your pay-per-view a little bit more. TV time is valuable, especially when you only have an hour a week. That's all I'm saying. Finally, where's Finn Balor? Why are we not building, speaking of building up to a big show, you have this July 4th live special from Tokyo that WWE is putting on, being headlined, I assume, by NXT champion Kevin Owens defending his title against the number one contender, Finn Balor. Where's Finn Balor? Well, we had this storyline match last week with Rhino, where at the conclusion after Finn Balor wins the match, he's heading up the ramp, and Rhino just gores him, just disgusting-looking gore off of the ramp. Great spot. I understand you got to sell the injury and not have him on the, the episode this week, but, like, at any point, is Finn Balor going to be interacting with Kevin Owens? Is that going to happen at all? Because you've got Kevin Owens feuding with John Cena right now. You have William Regal announcing that Samoa Joe gets a non-title match against Kevin Owens on next week's uh, NXT episode. Is Finn Balor going to at all start to build up this feud with Kevin Owens? Are they going to be putting Samoa Joe in there and making it a triple threat? Kind of seems like that's where they're headed. I don't know. But where's Finn? Let's get Finn Balor back on the show. They had a really cool um, TV spot, like produced segment with Finn Balor kind of playing up the demon side as well as the Finn Balor side. They had him in like an all-black suit, kind of reminiscent of the way he dressed a little bit when he was with New Japan, um, kind of promoting the Tokyo show. They had that as kind of a commercial segment at NXT, and that was cool, but let's start building up this match. Get me excited about it. I mean, I'm going to wake up and watch it live regardless because I'm a nerd, but... Make me excited about it. Make me think that Finn Balor could possibly win. And actually, I kind of hope he does win so that Kevin Owens can transition to the main roster. But let's get there. Let's get Finn Balor back here soon and start building that matchup. What we're going to do next, I'm going to turn heel for, for a little bit. I usually try to stay positive overall. Um, but I'm going to turn heel for a little bit. And I'm going to go against the grain on something that I think a lot of internet wrestling fans are excited about. And I don't... I think it's a little bit unjust uh, because of the presentation. So I'm going to go ahead and turn heel now. Here we go. My opinion is that Samoa Joe's debut in WWE stinks. I don't think they're doing what they should with him, and I think it stinks. Granted, as I said previously, it is exciting to see Samoa Joe in WWE finally after all these years, but I think it stinks. You debut him at the last um, TakeOver special for what? What happened? He comes out, stares down Kevin Owens, who just got done looking super strong, uh, demolishing Sami Zayn, writing him out of the storylines. And then uh, all he continues to do is come out and stare Kevin Owens down, call him out, even though he just got there. And you've got Kevin Owens feuding, as I said, with John Cena. He's going to be going up against Finn Balor at the July 4th Tokyo show. And then Samoa Joe's factored, and it almost feels like you know, he's part of the equation, but sort of an afterthought. Uh, and 
out of all this, Kevin Owens comes out looking really good because you've got all these people that view him as credible and view him as a threat and view him as someone they want to take down. But like Samoa Joe debuting in WWE finally should feel really special. It should feel bigger than it is. Um, I think his theme music is awful. You know, I always ripped on in the past TNA kind of trying to mimic um, previously established talents theme music from other companies. And WWE is doing the same thing here with um, Samoa Joe's old TNA music. I think it stinks. You need something louder and more exciting. You can barely hear it after the intro part. And look at what they're going to be doing here with Kevin Owens if they're not careful. Kevin Owens does a lot of heelish stuff. But he's got the most babyface shirt since John Cena. Fight Owens fight. That's You can't get much more babyface than that. And he took down the unbeatable monster in John Cena. And he's going to hopefully do it again at Money in the Bank this Sunday. And then he's got William Regal throwing a number one contender match at him uh, in Tokyo. And then he's got William Regal throwing Samoa Joe at him. It's like, I almost sympathize with the guy's plight a little bit you know he comes out he beats guys down and wins matches and does what he says he's going to do sometimes in a heelish way but like it's sort of admirable a little bit I just think they're going to need to be careful because if they want Kevin Owens to come up and be the number two heel behind Seth Rollins on the main roster gonna need to be careful because you're really working on turning the guy baby face a lot sooner than it probably needs to happen especially with rumors of them trying to turn Bray Wyatt baby face also I don't know. I'm just saying. But I think that they could make the Samoa Joe debut in WWE seem a lot more special than it is. Especially since they just signed him to a main roster or like a full-time contract, whatever, whatever. I don't know. Make it seem more special because right now I'm just not feeling it. And while it's exciting, it's not being well done. And that's the thing. Like You can bring him in and you can do countless numbers of things with him. But if it's not done properly... Was it even worth bringing him in at all? Because all you're going to do is look back and say, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Wish they would have done this. So I think Samoa Joe's debut in WWE stinks. And I invite you to challenge me on why you think it's been good if you feel oppositely. Because I don't think you can. Okay, I know things got a little weird there. I don't normally turn heel like that. Let's go back on the positive tip here. Um, we've had several episodes in the past several days. It's been a very productive week. Um, we're going to have our Money in the Bank review coming up either Sunday night, depending on if the guys can record without me or not. Otherwise, we'll bring it to you probably after Raw, most likely. On Monday, I'm going to be at the Cubs game on Sunday night, so I'm not actually going to see Money in the Bank until very, very late Sunday or first thing Monday morning, but I promise I will get it watched before Raw. Besides that, we've been trying to hit you guys with kind of a general wrestling talk episode Um we're going to try and get that posted hopefully late Saturday or sometime Sunday before Money in the Bank to get you guys ready. I'm um, going to talk to my co-host and see who's available, when, where, and how. Besides that, though, we have several episodes this week that you should check out. We had our uh, our Sunday episode, like I said. I talked about my review of Mick Foley's um, live comedy show that I attended in Iowa. And then on Monday, we had our predictions and preview special for Money in the Bank as well as some raw reactions on there which um, that episode's gotten our best numbers yet out of all the episodes so far. We had uh, D-Wayne bring his first episode of the minicast, the Cena Monster Files. Uh, he's going to be profiling 
all of the wrestlers who preview on the Cena Monster Crush list, guys whose careers have been derailed as a result of feuding with John Cena. The first episode was about Bray Wyatt. I highly encourage you to check it out. Uh, D. Wayne's also going to be bringing you a special series called uh, Do We Trust in You? Do We Believe in You? And um, he's going to be profiling talents, and hopefully we can jump on there with him and asking if we believe in them for the long term and if we believe in them as a character and that they can hold up. You can probably already figure out who he talked about on the first edition of that. And I think that's going to drop either tomorrow or maybe early next week. i got to talk with Dwayne and see when he wants me to post that. A lot of content coming at you guys, though. Please make sure you follow us on all our social media. That's all going to get spilled out in the um, outro music for the podcast, as it does on every podcast. Also, tell your friends about our show. If you like what you're hearing, let other people know about it. It's the only way we're going to grow and be able to do bigger and better things. Um, Make sure you give us feedback uh, on things you want to hear, things that you thought stunk. Um, we're going to continue to get better, and we hope that you guys can support that. Um, but like us, follow us, subscribe on iTunes if that's your preferred mode of listening to podcasts. Just look up Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, or you can use the uh, shortened Apple link that you see in the banner on our social media pages. Just reach out, uh, tell your friends about it. We're going to continue to grow. Thank you for listening. Um, have a great rest of your week, and I will talk to you guys with the crew soon. This has been another production of the Big Goat Belt Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at BGB Group or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Big Gold Belt. Email us at Big Gold Belt Group at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.